I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. Today we have a question all the way from Norway, from someone named Tom Sortinen. Hey, Tom, I'm not pronouncing your name right. I'm, I'm really sorry. He told me how to say it in Norwegian, though. Tom Sortinen. Uh, okay, yeah, I don't think I can pull that accent off. <laughs> so, Tom, you wrote us with a question. Yeah, I'm wondering what would happen if I went light speed. Okay, you want to know what would happen if you went the speed of light. So I'm guessing you're like a sci-fi space lover kind of dude, right? I mean, my background on my phone is the NASA logo. So I guess I'm kind of into space. Okay, yeah, I think that definitely qualifies you in some sort of level of nerddom. So so I'm curious, you know, what you think will happen if you went the speed of light? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> That's why you're asking, right? Dumb question. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'd just be kind of worried that my glasses would fly off. I may need those like little straps that tourists wear or whatever. I wear glasses too, so I guess we need to hold on to those. We're just not cut out for space flight. <laughs> no. I'm Andrew Norton, and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast. Brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask. Inquire. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. Shohini Ghosh is a physicist at Wilfrid Laurier University. She studies quantum teleportation. And I mean, can you just picture how awesome that would look on your business card? As awesome as it is, when she goes to parties and she introduces herself, it's kind of 50-50. There's either total silence or there's, oh my God, let's chat about Star Trek, right? <laughs> right. So. <laughs> The big question that we're going after today is what would happen to me if I went the speed of light? But before we get into that, when we talk about humans going at the speed of light, we're talking theoretical here, right? Uh, that's pretty much correct. Yes. We do know that there are particles in the universe that can go close to the speed of light. We even have built devices such as the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider. There, we actually can accelerate particles pretty close to the speed of light. So we know how to control microscopic particles right. and get them to go quite close to the speed of light. But humans is a completely different question because even in theory, the theory actually proves that we cannot go at the speed of light. Okay. So this comes out of Einstein's special theory of relativity. Is that the famous E equals MC squared? Yeah. So that is one of the other very important ideas that come out of this theory. I just wanted to say that because that's the only thing I know really about physics. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> that's a very important thing to know, of course. <laughs> okay. Okay. So going back to this idea of going at the speed of light, let's say we have a spaceship and we hit the gas on the spaceship. Sure. You know, we are at some speed close to about, let's say, 90% of the speed of light. Okay. Here's what's interesting. According to the special theory of relativity, now to get to 91% of the speed of light, we would have to apply an even larger force than we already have. I see. And then at 92, even more so that as we approach the speed of light, in order to actually hit that speed, we would need to apply an infinite force. Ah. So it's beyond even the theoretical possibility. You started this conversation with saying that we're able to move little tiny particles at the speed of light. Is it because we have so much mass that we're not able to get up to that speed? The truth is, even those tiny little particles that were accelerating at the Large Hadron Collider, we face the same issue there. If we really wanted to make those particles go at the speed of light, we would also need an infinite force. So in the end, it doesn't really matter. It's just not even allowed. 
not by the laws of physics. Now let's go into you humoring me. What would happen if, <laughs> if I were to be able to go at light speed? What would actually happen to me? Very strange things would happen. So <laughs> let's say we are in a spaceship and it's really, really a very powerful spaceship. So we've reached about, let's say, 90% of the speed of light. Okay. Firstly, you know, the spaceship would have to be fantastic to be able to do that. Right. But more so because, again, if you go back to Einstein's theory of relativity, the reason it's called relativity is because time and space and how we observe it depends on how fast we're moving. So every second on the spaceship would be like, you know, years outside the spaceship. Huh. And the faster we go and the closer we get to the speed of light, the more pronounced that difference would become. In principle, if you reach the speed of light, the time dilation is infinite, meaning everything happens in an instant. So there is no beginning and there is no end. You you can't see me right now, but I my mind is melted. I don't even know a follow-up question. <laughs> in principle, if you could get very, very close to the speed of light, you could have a second on the spaceship. And outside, you know, galaxies might, you know, come into existence and, you know, die. Right. It could be that different. Wow. And new Star Wars would come out. There'd be, you <laughs> yeah. know, all sorts of Netflix shows that I'd miss, you know. So maybe it's not a good thing to be on the spaceship. Okay. So if I did go this speed, I'd come back from my trip. Everyone I know, I love. Gone. Completely gone. The earth would look completely different. Exactly. <laughs> Aside from that, what other side effects would I get from this type of travel? Not only does time change, but distance also. So space itself looks distorted. So for example, if I want to go across the galaxy, right? It's a hundred thousand light years in size. So that would take hundreds of thousands of years to be able to cross the galaxy. But turns out because of this special relativity effect, one thing that happens is something called length contraction. So on my spaceship, when I look at the other end of the galaxy, it will appear to be much closer. So distances get actually shorter if you're moving very fast, huh. which is kind of fun. Yeah. So you could maybe go across the galaxy and back in a year. Of course, what that means is that in the direction you're traveling, everything looks squished. So looking out of the windows of the spaceship, the universe will look really bizarre. It will be distorted. Things will look all in different shapes if you could actually see anything. Huh. This stuff you can't even make up in sci-fi movies. It would be way weirder. Yeah. I thought maybe you just see the stars go by really fast, like in Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh, no. <laughs> it would be like being inside some bizarre, I don't know, Picasso painting or <laughs> something. <laughs> Clocks Dali would start melting and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Things would look really, really strange. Well, I think I've hit my limit of, of what my brain can absorb in, uh, in in this short amount of time. Maybe next time we'll talk about multiverses. <laughs> this is the kind of area where if it's confusing, it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's reassuring. Well, uh, it blew my mind. <laughs> it might take only a year to cross the entire galaxy when it's actually more like 100,000 light years. So I don't understand. But <laughs> well, well, it's impossible. We crushed your dreams, but we told you some cool stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice to get the answer.
So, Tom, is your life more rich knowing this information now? Yeah, sure. Uh, now I can teach this to my colleagues at work. How are you going to start that conversation? Like, hey, uh, hey, have you guys heard of, um, you know, length contraction? They won't be too weirded out, but uh, I don't know if they understand it. I'm not entirely sure I understand it, Tom. <laughs> oh, me neither, but I can pretend. Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. Our producer is J.P. Davidson, Breakmaster Cylinder created our theme music, and I'm Andrew Norton. Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to hear more episodes, to subscribe, and to, of course, ask your questions, because we can't make this show unless we know what you're curious about. You can also call 202-697-6912 and leave us a voicemail with your questions or feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. And hey, do us a favor. If you do subscribe to the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. That would be huge. 